gentlemen, and welcome to another stirring edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, a man that's always piercing barriers, Ben Pierce, alongside my co-host, the man allegedly known as the gentleman and sometimes the piano man, Elio Canella and Elio, Elio, Elio. Yes, sir. I, What's going on? I cannot wait for this show because I am just going to go the fuck off on what I saw last night on Monday Night Raw. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, pull pull the pin and cover your ears because it's about to go off right here on the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. Holy shit. Well, uh, we're not going there. We're not going to that just yet. We are going to start off with uh, weekend festivities. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, t- I'm talking just in general. This, yep. podca- this podcast is going to be the most intense of the year. If you thought I am famous for going on rants on this podcast, holy lord, you might want to strap well, yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I might have to mute my co-host several times then during the rant. Well, well, you better you better get ready on that mute button, my, my brother, because we are going off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Press Alt. Now I'm being okay. So press Alt A to unmute my microphone. So now that now that I'm recording this as well because we're practicing something. Now I can unmute myself when you when you mute me. So, <laughs> oh boy! All right. So so enough of the enough of the banter. I uh, I I find you very entertaining this evening. Well, thank but, you. I'm always entertaining. I'm not I'm not entertaining only this evening. I'm entertaining all the time. Absolutely. So uh, let's um let's run down what we got for the um for the people tonight. Um, we're gonna start off with uh, and we have NXT Takeover 30, followed by SummerSlam, and then Monday Night Raw. Yes, and I uh, and you said you're, you're doing SummerSlam, so I will yep. do uh, NXT Takeover. And from, from an in ring uh, perspective, I have to say, I um. I was I was impressed with the the matches. Um, it's just for me in partic- in particular, it's very hard to get emotionally invested in in these NXT shows during the pandemic era because of any brand. Um, you know, I I think that that. NXT just they need the crowd um, interaction and investment so much more than than you know any of the main roster shows. So it, it's it's really challenging for me to uh, get get into some of this, and um, and I think that's unfair because it it's like if I take the matches for what they were. Over, overall, I was, I was very impressed with it, with them. So let's uh, let's jump into what we got going on here. So on the um, 
on the pre-show, uh, we had Rizango versus Legato del Fantasma versus Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. And both of us had um, Oni Lorcan and, and uh, Danny Birch uh, getting the getting the victory on this. But I was I was to- I was totally floored that Brazongo got got the win on this one. I just yeah, I, I don't see them as as a legitimate uh, threat for um for the tag team belts, especially especially going up against uh, Imperium. I mean, I know I, I know that they're a face tag team, so it makes sense in terms of faces and heels. But you want me to take. You want me to take Brazongo seriously as a threat against Imperium? Uh, what? <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry, I'm just looking up but Tyler Breeze. I didn't know that he was in Evolve as well. Well, I, I didn't know that either, so we both learned something something new to, tonight. Um, but, you know, it, it's just, am I, am I missing something? I mean, it's not that I have a... It's not that I have an issue with Brazongo. I mean, I think they're... They're funny and they're comedic in what they do, and they're, and they're very good wrestlers. Um, it's just, um, it's just they're they're gonna they're gonna get absolutely destroyed by Imperium. I mean, good God, it's it's not even a discussion. So I was a little I was a little bit uh, taken taken aback by that, and um, then the. Uh, the main card kicked off with Finn Balor versus uh, Timothy Thatcher. This was and a good match. Yes, it was. And, and unfortunately, our predictions uh, weren't getting off to a very good start. But um, we, uh, we picked it up later, later on in the show. But this was, this was a fantastic match. I, um, I really enjoyed the, the intensity and just the old school feel of it um you know i feel like i i feel like hard-hitting wrestling is something that's missing in today's product because it's all you know um it's all flippy floppy things and um and i feel like selling is just a completely lost art um, and speaking of, of selling and and stuff like that, we'll we'll get more into that as the as the show rolls along here. So it, it'll kind of be a theme. But you know, I, I just I appreciate it when when both guys legitimately go out there, put on a hell of a match, and, and kick each other's asses. Um, and while I while I was surprised by Bauer winning because. He has a he has the history of of being there to put over the new guys, especially in this NXT run. Um, I it was a pleasant surprise for me that he did win because um, because I I I feel that he along with Johnny Gargano have been the MVPs of of the takeover shows that they've been on. So this was a, this was a nice throwback to, to the NXT Finn Balor because obviously his his uh, main 
roster run was a little bit derailed and it never really got back on track. So this was nice to see. Um, what did you think of this one? Did you see this one? The Finn Balor, yeah, this was a good match. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Enjoyed this one. And then uh, the next one we had was, and this was where our uh, our predictions got um, got right back on track. Um, <clears throat> we both uh, we both had, I believe we both had. Uh, I believe we both had Damian Priester. Did you have Bronson Reed? No, I said Bronson Reed. Okay. Well, then I was right. You were wrong. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm <laughs> but not I'm, an uh, asshole. But, but but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not upset that Damian Priest won because I actually like him. Uh yeah, and uh, this Tim Tim. Oh crap. Uh, okay. Cool. Um. I, I hit the wrong button. Hold on one second. Um, okay, very technical good. difficulties on the PNC podcast exclusive. Uh, yes, but we uh, we we have it figured out. So um, to to me, this was this might have been uh, the match of the night right here. Um, I really I really enjoyed this match. Um, it, it was it was just absolute uh, mayhem uh, from from the get go, and um, I only wanted Cameron Grimes to win. Uh, okay, how does, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is this is my maiden voyage in recording this podcast myself. Usually. Usually, Elio handles the, all the technological stuff, and but I'm I'm trying to learn it. So stick with me. I have to find the mute button because he uh, he just said he wanted Cameron Grimes to win. Wear a shirt, your I, I said <laughs> I said you wanted him to win. Uh, well, no, I didn't, and you're you're lying. And uh, it, it was it was funny because I had my um, my nine year old uh, nephew uh, watching the show with me. And uh, and even he and even he was like, put a shirt on. <laughs> so, right. So I, I had a I had a proud uncle moment. But yeah, um, what's, up, what's annoying is when he says to the we says to the women. Uh yeah, well the only the only thing that needs to go to the moon is your is your lack of your is your lack of style because Jesus Christ. Um. <clears throat> But yeah, this this one was a, a tremendously fun um, sprint. I really liked the um, the the teases of um, different people winning before um, before Priest got it, um, and he definitely needed uh, he definitely needed this win for sure because he was a uh, he was a little bit uh, lacking in terms of direction. Before before this, I thought I I really couldn't figure out his his gimmick. But then uh, I, you know after he won, um, and he he jumped into the uh, he jumped into the hot tub with his leather pants on with the with the two ladies and shit. I, I was I was laughing my ass off. So I, I got a real big kick out of that. Um, <clears throat> and then um. 
The only the only thing I didn't the only thing I didn't like about this match was at, was at the very end, um, because because you know it it was just a little too hokey with um with both I I believe it was both Johnny Gargano and um uh, Damian Priest holding on to the belts and there was just a little bit too much of a of a delay in terms of waiting for, um, waiting for, no, it, it couldn't have been Priest. It was, it was somebody else and, and Johnny Gargano holding on to the belts, and there was a little bit of a delay waiting for a Priest to, to sneak up behind him and get the, get the belts and stuff. And so that was, that, that was a little bit hokey. So the very, the very ending of the match was just, a little bit, a little bit off in terms of believability, but other than that, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this match, and I think, um, I think Velveteen Dream damn near killed himself because, um, because there was there was a spot where he uh, he dove to the outside and into the crowd, and it's like, where the hell did he go? And I, I guess he was never to be found again. So um, even though uh, even though I was a little bit dubious about having him in the match because of um, uh, the situation that we've discussed, um, I have to say that from a wrestling perspective, uh, that guy's got it, and it'll, it'll be very it'll be very um, interesting to see where he goes from here because. Um, because Triple H seems to believe that the the um, Velveteen Dream slash Patrick Clark uh, controversy is over, and he has said on Twitter that um, that that situation is is closed and, and done with, and I'm I'm not sure if that's the case, but uh, but nonetheless the match was was awesome and. Uh, that was my undercover MVP of, of the night in terms of in terms of matches. Now, speaking of something that surprised the hell out of me, uh, Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee. Now, now I I will continue to stand by the fact that I don't think this Pat McAfee storyline with Adam Cole is good for for NXT and is good for the, for the wrestling product in general. The only time where I thought, uh, you know, an outsider coming into professional wrestling and actually doing something was it was a good idea was um, was Mike Tyson when he when he did the you know WrestleMania storyline with um, Austin and Michaels. Um, you know, and especially nowadays, WWE does not have a, a good track record with bringing outsiders in and leading it to being a successful situation. All you have to do is look at, uh, you know, Tyson Fury and Cain uh, Velasquez, and I think <laughs> you'll get my point. That guy, that guy looks terrible. Tyson Fury. Oh, my God. It was, it was, it was, just, <laughs> it was atrocious. Um but having having said that, um, Pat McAfee um, surprised the living bejesus out of me 
Um, I was not expecting that at all. Um, and I was a little bit, I was a little bit concerned that they might have him, they might have him take, um, the victory here. Um, but luckily, luckily they didn't do that. And Adam, Adam Cole still got, still got the, um, the nod. However, um, in the interest of, of fairness, I just have to be completely honest with you. Pat McAfee uh, really showed me something, and he shut me up to a certain extent. Like I said, you know, I won't back down from my criticism of the storyline, but in terms of what he pulled off from an in-ring perspective, holy shit, that, that dude surprised the living fuck out of me. So... Uh, he, also, he also hacked your computer. Uh, well, luckily, I have a very, uh, very strong uh, antivirus in uh, in Webroot and also uh, Windows Defender. So I have I have kind of the uh, yes. He also hacked your computer. Yes, yes, I know, and I was <laughs> I, I was you don't sell her. Yes, I was, well, that's the point. I was, I was, I was no selling your your joke. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, very surprising for me there. Yeah. Um, and then, um, the Dakota, Dakota Kai versus Io Shirai. I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit underwhelmed in the beginning, uh, but. Um, but it it picked up, and um, you know, I uh, I was I was very pleased that EO um, got the victory because I am I am an e I am an EO Shirai fan until until the day that I die. I mean, this this lady has just got it, and um, you know, after seeing how. Uh, some of the ladies have been treated when they get called up to the main roster. Well, you know, everybody in NXT gets treated when they, when they get called up to the main roster. I'm very nervous for her uh, to come to the main roster. Speaking of being scared shitless um, of, of somebody in uh, coming to the main roster, uh, we'll we'll get to we'll get to that when we cover the main event. Uh, one of one of the things that I that I really did enjoy um, about about this match was uh, was um, Gonzalez's involvement. I uh, you know I'm not sold on her, but um, I think uh, I think the closing stretch and and just her involvement of um, of helping Kai uh, really really added to the to the match, and I can definitely see um, Rhea Ripley getting involved because I feel I was I was very encouraged that that Rhea Ripley made an appearance because she has just been absolutely forgotten since. Uh, since she lost to Charlotte Flair at, um, at WrestleMania 36. And to me, that's an absolute travesty. So hopefully um, this, is, this is something that can 
kind of get her moving in the right direction. I did feel that the match went too long. Um, you know, it kind of dragged on at points. Like, but like I said, it picked up um, at certain points. But uh, in terms of in-ring stuff, I would have to say that this is prob- probably the um, <clears throat> the weakest match of the night for me personally. Um, Actually, uh, I got a bit of a trivia for you. Do you, uh, you know what Shirai means? Uh, no, I don't. What's it mean? Shirai is Japanese for Purple Thunder. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of, kind of plays into her entrance then, or mm-hmm. sort of. So you're just, you're just full of little tidbits, aren't you? Well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, then we get into match five, which was obviously the main event: uh, Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross. Now. Now I want to I want to really uh, take the analytical approach to this one in, in terms of in terms of the booking. Now, Karrion Cross and the way he's been booked, I knew that he wasn't going to lose clean, and it was it was a probability that that he that he was definitely going to win, especially especially after the. Um, after the goddamn uh, digital team kind of spoiled it and uh, and released a graphic um, featuring featuring him having the, having the belt, um, so they they really kind of fucked that one up and uh, and WWE's got to get a handle on that. Um, so, um, but as as you'll recall, I. Um, I predicted that Keith Lee would take this one because I um, I'm just not a fan of him being used as a transitional champion, uh, and especially especially given the fact that he dropped the um, the North American title uh, voluntarily. It was a little bit off. Uh, for for me, and I, I was a little bit c- confused as to why they would have him uh, go over so strong at uh, the Great American Bash if if he was going to lose uh, both um, both championships. But as as we've seen, um, he, Keith Lee did make his debut on Monday Night Raw, so clearly. Clearly, he has moved on from NXT. But if that was if that was the plan all along, then why have him um, why have him booked the way you did going going into it? I mean, I just at the at the very least keep keep the the this is what I would have done at the very least. Don't have him drop the NXT championship until he's in the he's in the ladder match, you know, um, defending the belt. He loses it, you know, gets gets a little bit beat up and then has to fight from behind against against Cannon and Cross. 
that way that way he doesn't he doesn't look weak and 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 goes limping into his uh, main roster debut. Um, and, and we're going to get into his main roster debut uh, a little bit later on when we hit Raw because I have a lot to say about that. Um, but, you know, so I, I get it. You know, obviously with the way Cross has been booked, he wasn't going to – he wasn't gonna lose clean, and like I said, probably wasn't gonna lose at all. But I, I feel like they could have, uh, they could have had uh, Keith Lee or not Keith Lee, um, Tommaso Ciampa come back and and kind of and kind of try to help uh, Keith Lee. So at least, at least at least he doesn't have to have to lose clean clean and just and just be made to look bad and uh speaking of Tommaso Ciampa he's returning uh tomorrow night on NXT and I'm a little bit confused about that because if you were gonna have that why why not have him interfere um or at least try to interfere and, and cost carrying across the, the title last night. I mean, to me that would have been such a such a easy and, and smart booking decision, but I guess they weren't going that way. Um but you know like I gotta I gotta be honest with you, I did I did enjoy NXT. It just it wasn't um it wasn't all that I was hoping it would be. But certainly certainly in comparison to uh, what we got on Monday Night Raw that was that was like the Grammys um, being compared to the Razzies, but uh, but now that I'm finished reviewing NXT, I'll give I'll give it a, a seven out of I'll give it a like a six point five out of ten, um, and um, and they just really need to get crowds back in this because. The fact that, that they don't have crowds for the NXT shows and and they're still going to be running in uh, in the performance center for NXT NXT is dying because of the fact that they, they don't have crowds right now. It's just terrible. But, but that that was in the performance center. That was at uh, full sale. Oh oh um um. um I meant to say full sale. Did I say? Uh, did I say performance center? My bad. But uh, actually, uh, didn't they run a couple of shows at the performance center, like pay per views, or am I wrong? Uh, I think they did. Yeah. But so, anyway, okay. no, that was no. I'm just uh, noticing here. It said full sale live, so I'm like, okay. Okay. Well, I actually meant to say that. I must have misspoke. But anyway, um, we'll uh, toss it over to Elio for his his review of SummerSlam and uh, give you a break from my voice. So, Elio, take it away. All right. Thank you, Limitless Ben. Absolutely. We are now going to get into our review of the biggest party of the summer, SummerSlam, and I enjoyed this show. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I did too. I was, um, I was pleasantly surprised. I actually, I actually enjoyed uh, SummerSlam more than I did uh, NXT, and I was, I was not anticipating 
that at all. Now, on the kickoff show, we had Apollo Crews retaining the U.S. Championship, defeating MVP. Why that was on a kickoff show, I don't know, but oh well. So why why that was even on the card, um, I I don't know. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, you know, for the for the for the NXT shows, we got we got three out of five of the predictions um, correct. And we're 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 starting, um, or at least I did, and and you and I are both starting off strong with the uh, SummerSlam predictions because there was no way in hell that MVP was going to beat Apollo <laughs> Cruz. So the no. so the main show opens up with Bailey retaining the women's SmackDown championship by defeating Oscar. I I I actually wanted picked Oscar to win because I didn't want to see Sasha lose a, yet another championship only after winning it a short while ago. Yeah, yeah, and I I I I predicted the same thing, and we we, we both kind of got the um the predictions for the for the women's matches uh flipped around kind of backwards, so. Um, I don't. I don't like the fact that they had Sasha lose um, at the at the pay per view, and then again last night. That was just like, what are you doing? Um, but um, but yeah, this that was a little bit of a that was a little bit of a bummer because um, because to to me. Asuka versus Bailey was was a really good, uh, real like a really good match, and um, and one of one of the spots that I that I have to notice I don't know if you saw this, but um, but the um, actually no I'm I'm getting confused that was later on in the in the Sasha Banks match but. You know, I mean, it was it was a it, it was a solid little match between um, Bailey and Oscar. Not nothing, nothing special, at least at least in my opinion. Um, but I, I guess they had to uh, they had to protect Oscar, and and for for very good reason for what happened uh, later later on in the evening. But I was I would not have had uh, Bailey win that match. And for the Raw Tag Team Championships, we had the Street Profits defeating Andrade and Angel Garza. Can I can I just say I just don't give a fuck? Why is it? I know not on here, but why is that Bachelorette whatever always hanging around backstage? I I don't know, but that this. This storyline is so fucking nauseating. I actually, I actually, I actually tw- tweeted about this. Um, it might have been uh, yes. This was this was August seventeenth. Uh, I, I tweeted about this last week. I I literally said and I and I quote: "Can we stop with this bachelorette storyline? It's fucking atrocious." And I, I have a gif of um, of uh, Johnny Depp as uh, you know Pirates of the Caribbean just puking. 
because it's, it's just it was absolutely oh, no. terrible. I know I don't like this storyline either. Uh, she she's she my my own my only thought is that maybe she's got a connection with one of the higher ups in the company because other other than that I mean, what is, what is the reason for for her to be there and look I'm I'm not knocking the lady but I just I just I don't give a fuck about the bachelorette the bachelor or or whatever the fuck they got going on there. Yeah, and, uh, and I and I don't and I don't see the point of tying it in to to Andrade and um, uh, Angel Garza. Angel Garza and the, and the, and these rose these roses and all this all this shit. And you know, can I just say, um, you know, the both tag team divisions. Raw and SmackDown are fucking terrible. They don't have anybody. Okay, how many times have we seen the Street Profits and and the um and Angel Garza and Andrade? I mean, it's it's just it's nauseating. It's it's overplayed. You know, I mean, we've gone over this ad nauseum. I mean, change change the fucking record. The the titles don't mean anything because WWE doesn't have a tag team division fucking period um, on either shows. It, it's just it, it, they don't mean a goddamn thing. So I don't care about I don't care about you know the Street Profits or in, Angel Garza and Andrade, and that sucks because all four of them are great talents. But when you put them in this situation where you have no tag team division, we've seen the match over and over again. It's like, what the fuck? What's what's special about it? Why am I supposed to care about this match more than the twenty to seven other matches we we've seen in the in the previous weeks? I mean, what the fuck? Right, and now uh, the next match. This was a good match. I really like this one. Mandy Rose defeating Sunny Deville. And a no disqualification loser leaves WWE match, and Sonya Deville is now out of the WWE. So she guess she can take time off to go take care of that uh, crazy situation she was in. Well, and, and to be honest, to be honest with you, I I applaud WWE for for doing for doing that for for her because. I mean, let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that Mandy was involved too, because she was in the house. So it was it was a very scary situation for both of them. Um, but you know that that guy just he took it to a level that is absolutely atrocious, and I I hope he burns in hell. I really do. You, I mean, I have a I question. Mean, yeah. What the fuck is wrong with you, wrestling fans today? What is wrong with you? Well, well, and we're and that's going to be a theme of the, of this podcast. Trust me, Ooh, we that have, should be that should be the title. We we have that's one, the that's the title of this show. Yes, trust me, we have one hell of a rant com, coming uh, later on, but we might as well uh, start it with this one. We don't we don't have to go over the story because everybody's heard it at this point. Um, but you know. 
I I have to tell you, and and this is this is just how how I am as a, as a human being. Uh, if if anybody had done that to a female in my family or or anybody, you're gonna be fucking dead because, and I'm I'm not bullshitting at all. I don't play that at all. For for a woman to be violated in in that in that fashion or any fashion is just disgusting, and um, and this guy had every intention of of carrying out um his his plan. I mean, he had a kit, uh, you know, to to um to kidnap and. And really do a lot of damage to uh, to Sonia, and um, he had every plan of of keeping her there and, and kidnapping her and doing whatever the hell he wanted to her. And and because Mandy Rose was was in the house, she would have been um, collateral damage. And 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 I just I'm so incredibly. Uh, thankful that we're not reporting the murder of, of you know, Daria Baranato and uh, and Mandy Rose because that that was just to a level where it is unbelievable. I mean, I I don't know how these these people um, come up with these plans or or even or even think for a minute of. Of pulling off something like that, and um, you know, just out of just out of sheer curiosity, I um, you know, I I went and I, I looked up uh, this this absolute creatures um, social media account, and it is it is a shrine to to Sonia Deville. Um, that's that's all he posts. I mean, it, 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 so it is very clear that this guy had an obsession with um, with Sonia Deville, and I am I am so incredibly happy that that she didn't get hurt because there is a there is a picture of her appearing. Um, in, uh, she was in the courtroom for her. Uh, for his first court appearance and you know she was just staring a hole through him and i'm like god i mean, I mean good good thing that there were people in in this in this room to protect the guy the way that the way that he wasn't protecting her because you know she looked like she wanted to kill him, and I don't. I don't blame her. She, she knows. She knows. I mean, hey, I would have. Uh, if I were, I would have gone after him, just like unloaded and beat the crap out of him. Yeah, and well, and, and justifiably so because to to take it to that level is just absolutely fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. And and you know, it, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but just. From me being a, a decent human being, I am I, I am I am breathing a sigh of relief that nothing catastrophic happened to either Sonia Deville or or Mandy Rose. So good good on WWE for uh, changing the stipulation 
and um, and giving and giving her time to uh, to recover and, and and come back stronger and and you know and good good on the both of them for being able to put um, their hellacious week uh, you know behind them and and still and still come out there and perform at the level that they did because. I'm telling you, if if I had been in their situation, I don't know if I'd have been able to pull that off. So, um, serious, um, seriously, my hat is completely off to both those ladies and uh, whatever whatever they need time wise to recover from that. Um, I'm, I'm good with that, and I and I think that this is actually going to help uh, both of them. Uh, in, in, in the long run, because no nobody's gonna boo these ladies uh, after after that, and um, you know I think I think Sonia Deville has proven that she's gonna be a major star in the future, and um, you know hopefully she comes back maybe in time for the Royal Rumble to get her started on the road to WrestleMania. But I was impressed as hell given the situation that they were both in. So, so let me um, ask you a question: When she comes back. Are we going to see the reunion of Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville? Well, I think I think I think eventually uh, we'll have to because you know one of one of the, one of, one of the things that that is um, that is that is unfortunate about the IWC on top of what this creep already did um, to 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 them and and the fact that cretins such as this one exist. The other thing about it is kayfabe no longer exists. So we know that um, Mandy Rose was in the house. So we know that they're like obviously still friends. I mean, you know, kayfabe, like I said, kayfabe is fucking dead. Um, so I, th I think that this that this story and, and this match is kind of like tailor-made for them to come uh, full circle at some point, but having said that, I really like Sonya Deville in the role that she's in. Um, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush into pulling that trigger upon their return. Okay. So then, in the next match, wow, <laughs> we had Seth Rollins defeating Dominic Mysterio. Um, you know, and, and, and Dom, Dom really showed, showed me something. I mean, I mean, that kid, that kid, um, for being so young, he, uh, he's he, only 23. He definitely stepped up and delivered. Um, you know, and, and like I said, I, I would have, I would have anticipated, um, Dominic joining up with um, with uh, Seth Rollins, and, and that's where I, that's where I personally wanted the storyline to go, as as we've covered uh, in previous episodes. So if you haven't heard those, uh, make sure you go back and take a look. We, we're pretty much up to date with our with our uploads, with the exception of um, of episode eighty four, and of course. Uh, episode eighty-five, which is being recorded right now. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to throw out something—a stupid idea. Just, I'm just, just 
like uh, I'm I'm seeing throughout there like that. I'm not being serious. I'm just like I was just thinking. I'm like, what if we get us? What if down the road we get us? Where Ray ends up joining Seth Rollins? <laughs> Oh God! Well, we know that's not gonna happen. Uh, no, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was just, that's why I said I was just being stupid. I wasn't like actually being serious. But, uh, it just like popped in my head when I was like looking at this uh, match here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but but having said that, um, you know, uh, some some something did happen on Raw, which could be which could be an interesting development, but. Um, but especially with um, especially with the involvement of of Dom's mother, uh, Angie, it, it's now uh, it's now clear to me that um, that Dom will not be joining the um, the Monday Night Messiah. So I think they're moving in a different direction based on uh, based on what happened uh, the following night on Monday Night Raw, which we'll get into in a little bit. All right, and um, our next match. This match was so. This match is great. I really like this one. Oscar defeating Sasha Banks by submission to be to win the Raw Women's Championship. Oh, oh, absolutely. This this match. I I I personally think that this was the best one that I've seen uh, between between those two, and. Um, there, there was, there was this one spot in that match where um, I kind of mentioned, I kind of started to say it earlier, but I realized I, I messed up. Um, there was a, there was a power bomb uh, from Sasha Banks delivered to, um, delivered to Asuka going from, going from the. Uh, the uh, apron of the ring to the outside, and uh, it was kind of like a sunset fl- flip almost. Um, and um, she, uh, and the fact that Asuka doesn't have a concussion. I mean, have you seen the footage of of this of this power bomb to that to the outside? What part was that? It was that close to the end. It was that around the middle of the match. Um. Well, it was. It was. It was around the middle. Here, let me. Um. Here, let me see if I can. Uh, let me see if I can uh, send send it to you. Um. After after the show, but on if the you, fly research. <laughs> If, but if you guys, if you guys know what I'm talking about, well, no, was, I'll, I'll look it up after, after, after. after it was, it was like, it was like, holy shit! The fact that she was able to finish the match and deliver, deliver quality. I mean, I was legitimately concerned because the way that her head hit the floor, you know, I thought for sure, like, oh fuck. And then uh, our second last match, Drew McIntyre retaining the WWE Championship, defeating Randy Orton. Okay. Now, now I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I know that that we've said uh, on on previous episodes leading into SummerSlam that it it would have been a mistake for um, 
Drew McIntyre to lose uh, the, the championship, um, you know, four months into his reign. And I said he needed to hold the title for eight months to a year, you know, and I, I still, I still believe that. Um, but, but here's the thing. Um, you, you have put uh, Randy Orton and um, Drew McIntyre in kind of like a no-win situation because, because both of those guys can't afford to lose based on what they've been doing. Uh, you know, because on Drew McIntyre's side, you're trying to build him up as a credible WWE champion, especially coming out of WrestleMania where he where he beat uh, Brock Lesnar and you know the Big Show. Um, so so I'm I'm not backing down from 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 that, but I truly believe, especially especially with with the decision that they. Uh, that that they made on Raw, that uh, Randy Orton should have should have won this this match, and because one, you're completely killing, um, well, well, you're definitely not killing it, but like stifling his momentum, and um, you know, Randy Orton, Randy Orton and the punt kick was made to look absolutely fucking ridiculous on Raw. We'll, uh, we'll get into that. That was one of my, uh, you know, pet peeves. You know, we're, we're, we're going over, we're going over the majority of these shows because, you know, it's, it's a pay-per-view reaction show. Um, you know, but if this was a, if this was just a regular, um, if this is just a regular highlight and low light kind of show, um, this would definitely be uh, one of one of my low lights because uh, you know I don't I don't know what they're doing. I they they kind of book themselves into a corner, and especially with with Keith Lee now on on Monday Night Raw. So, um, but you know, as to the match itself, the match was the match was really really good. Um, I uh, I was a, I was a gigantic fan of of this match. I I just um you know I I, I just feel like you uh you put you you put your two top guys in a in a situation where neither one of them could afford to lose, and now and now McIntyre looks weak, be, even though he won because you know. He was putting Orton over and 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 giving him another chance at the at the title, you know, the following night on Raw, you know. So we're gonna see that rematch down the line. Uh, excuse me, um, I th- I thought that um, I thought that rematches were an antiquated concept and they're and they're no longer happening. On um, I thought that, I thought that they were just opportunities. Is that what they were calling uh, an opportunity? Oh, but but I mean, what the hell is this? No, but I'm saying it's not what they they were what they were calling them. 
Um, well, I've I've heard I've heard the term rematch a lot lately. So no, I know. Um, I'm saying is that what they were calling them, and now they're calling them rematches again. Oh yeah, so they were they were they were calling them opportunities. Sorry, I, I misunderstood your question. But it, it's just like I I I even tweet. I have my Twitter account up because I was was um tweet. I was t- tweeting a lot um, during these shows because I was I was like you know literally just taking notes for my podcast via Twitter, and um, you know because I can go back and, and look at them later. And one of and one of the uh, one of the things that I that I tweeted was I literally I literally thought um, uh, rematches were an antiquated concept according to. Uh, WWE, and um, I, you know, I guess not. So uh, we're we're definitely gonna see more of that. And um, it's not it's not like I don't want to see another Randy Orton Drew McIntyre match, but but that's over now, and he should he should move on to somebody else because he already beat Randy, so he has nothing else to prove. To Randy, but because of the fact that they don't have anybody else to put Drew McIntyre with, that's why we're getting this, this situation, and that's why they put themselves into a fucking corner. Which is why I hate these shows because it's not the performer's fault that you put them into a corner, and like there's there's literally nowhere else you can go with this. So either either way. Two of your top guys look like morons. I I just I don't get it. And in the main event of SummerSlam, this was a bit of a weird match. I don't know what you thought. Bray Wyatt defeats Braun Strowman to become the Universal Champion, and a surprise at the end: the return of Roman Reigns. Okay. Can I, uh- and, and this is this is rant number this is rant number two, okay? 200? So I'm, I'm just I'm just rant number two hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah. S- seriously, okay. Let, let's break let's break this down. First of all, dun, that dun, match. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> what do you that, say? Break it down. Yeah, that match was <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> I didn't like it. That was just weird. I didn't really like that match at if, all. If this is the kind of wrestling that they're going to have Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. The Fiend, a.k.a. Wyndham Rotunda do, and we know he's a goddamn talented professional wrestler, well, then what the fuck are you doing? If this is if this is what The Fiend can do in the ring, and this is what you're limiting him to do as a character, then what the fuck? You know, his you know his appearance on SmackDown when he when he got in the ring with with Vince. What the fuck was that? He didn't even you know he didn't even do anything. He gave him this entire you know complicated entrance on SmackDown. He didn't do anything. Number one. Uh, number number two. Those entrances should have been saved for SummerSlam because we got it again. Why do Why do I need to see a Why do I need to see that cool ass entrance on a fucking run of the mill suck ass SmackDown? Number That's the second point. Um, 
number number three is this. Um, it, it, it's too little too late with Bray Wyatt anyway because you or I should say the fiend uh, because you you buried him in hell in a cell against against uh, Seth Rollins don't get me started on that again we already know that fucking story N- number two you buried him against Bronze against against Goldberg of all motherfucking people. In, in, in Saudi Arabia, where he looked—I mean, where, where you made the fiend look like a bitch, losing in three minutes. I mean, you could even see in in, in the fiend's body language in that match. He was like, "What the fuck are we doing?" And um, and then and then you have him, and then you finally give him the the universal title, um. You know, in a in a in a really bad match, which I think only lasted three minutes. I didn't get the official time, but it, it felt like it only lasted like which three one? for the main event. How long was this? Was this so main this this main event and SummerSlam? Yeah, well, this main event was eleven fifty nine, twelve minutes almost. Well, what the? F- <laughs> I mean, you know, well, it, it, you know, it didn't feel like that. Yeah, because this this because this match was fucking terrible. Um, but but okay, so you finally you finally give give the fiend the universal title, which you should have done back in back in fucking October. Um, but then uh, and here's here's what here's what I said. Here's what I tweeted after this. I said, when's the last time you saw someone's career die the same night they won a world championship? The fiend Bray Wyatt is dead. This company is clueless. Hashtag Roman Reigns. Okay, so so he so Bray Wyatt wins the fucking belt only to get his ass kicked by a returning by a returning Roman Reigns. Now now, from from the fiend's perspective, he's fucking done. He's he's buried. He's he, that that character. I don't think you can bring him back. I I think I think he's legitimately done. I real I really do. You know, even though he's he's the champion, you made him look like a bitch. Now. In, in in the interest of in the interest of fairness, I, I will say this about Roman Reigns. I don't like Roman Reigns, the character. I don't I don't like him as a as a wrestler. I I'm kind of over Roman Reigns. However. Um, I have such an enormous level of respect for the man behind the character, Joe Anawai, because he told this company to go fuck itself when they were doing the uh, when they when they were doing all those things wrong concerning the the COVID nineteen pandemic, and he he sat out WrestleMania, costing himself. So much money, you know. He just had he just had twins, 
know, he he got he's got five kids now. You know, he beat he beat leukemia. You know, he he did the right thing by himself and and the company, uh, and or and the people in the company, um, his coworkers by walking out during this COVID nineteen uh, pandemic. So there's a lot of different there's there's a lot of respect there for um for uh joe and Hawaii. and on top of that as much as i as much as i don't like the roman reigns character i think him being back is really going to help uh it's really going to help the product because in his in his absence uh there's really there, there's really been a lack of of star power on the, on this show, and so I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good thing uh, for SmackDown overall uh, to have Roman Reigns back, and I'm I'm legitimately excited for the guy and excited for the company because, um, you know I think I think the performers in this company deserve better. I have a question. Is Roman yeah. Reigns a heel now? Well, I I don't know. That's a good question because, um, because if you if you really think about it, who who was the heel coming into this match? Was it was it the Fiend or was it Braun Strowman? Boy, uh, I'm gonna say it was Braun Strowman. Okay. Well, and that argument could definitely be made, but he, um, and I agree with you actually, but the fact is he attacked both of them. So I don't know. So that, conf- that confuses me. Um, I'm going to do some fantasy, but why am I looking at your hand? <laughs> what the hell? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do that. There, there. Now you look at my hand. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but um, because hold on, Andrew, some fantasy booking. Yeah, and I just, I, I, I don't know, but you know, I think people are jumping the gun in terms of uh, trying to determine uh, who, whether he's a heel or a face. I think no, that's hold, really hold on, play hold itself on, out. hold on, I'm gonna do some fantasy booking. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now, um. Uh, who do you who do you, who would you pick to be the leader of retribution? Um, if I had my way, it would be CM Punk. I don't think that I don't think that's gonna happen, but that's what I would do. Okay, because uh, people last week people were hinting at the Miz possibly being behind retribution, but oh fuck, but me. but but. Here, watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really. This is, this is some like next level booking. Yes. What did you notice? Roman Reigns's T-shirt. Yeah, I did. Wreck everyone and leave. Now, who's been wrecking everyone and everything for the past few weeks on both Raw and SmackDown? Retribution. So imagine. Roman Reigns being the one behind the leader of Retribution. Yes, but and and that's a, and that's another theory I've heard. But but 
Think, think of it this way. I th- I personally think that that would be stupid. And by the by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see this, but Elio has been playing with um with uh, with our with our Zoom call because he he has he has he has labeled me as the PNC swear jar. No, that's me. That, I said the, uh, oh, the, yes. the PC switcher is filling up fast. Right. And, then and, I, and, I, and I, I, I put your name as Ben's Word the Day, bitch. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and early on in the show, he had me labeled as Taz's best friend. So he's. But you going, are. You're his best friend. <laughs> Uh, no, not really. Um, so, but uh, my my producer is really having some fun behind the keyboard. So I, I don't know what he's doing. Um, but any, but anyway, um, uh, in in all seriousness, I think it, I think it would be stupid for Roman Reigns to be the uh, the leader of Retribution because you know who has benefited more from the WWE system than Roman Reigns. So, so this this whole um, retribution thing is trying to shake up the system and do things differently, but yet nobody has benefited more from the way the WWE has done business than Roman Reigns, at least since John Cena. So it, it it makes no sense. So for for me, you have to have it be somebody who has a track record, at least in the eyes of the fans, of being wronged by WWE legitimately. Oh, okay, wait, wait, wait. Who 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 do you who do you think it will be, and who do you want? Well, I know who you. I know you wanted it to be CM Punk, but that's high enough. But who do you think it will be? I I honestly I don't know because I don't I don't think that they know. I don't even think they know who's in the fucking group, bro. It, Actually, I think I think the uh, well, it's gonna come up in your report because I think uh, they they had some screenshots on on uh, RSN. Well, I I didn't check RSN. I heard I heard I heard some rumors, although I. I don't like RSM, but I've. Neither do I. But like sometimes, like oh, that's why I'll double check before I even say anything. Right. So, so the rumors that that uh, Elio is referring to, they they have uh, Dominic Dijakovic as being in, in there, although I don't know why. The, uh, well, they said that he was called up back in January, but they never uh, used him until now. Or something. Well, that's weird. Yeah. Um, and then the other the other name I've heard is Mia Yim. Uh, I don't know how she's been wrong by WWE. Mia Yim. I don't know if she's ready for the main roster. You think? Well, I, I, well, personally, I don't think so. However, um, we know from from history that WWE doesn't like breaking up couples on the road. 
and she is legitimately in a relationship with Keith Lee, and he just got called up. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about Keith Lee a lot in our uh, raw review. Another name I heard is one of your favorites, Vanessa Bourne. Well, once again, I and but why? What's the <laughs> see? There's no. I know, I know, I know, I know. You want her to stay in NXT. You want to see her on NXT. I know, I know. She's your Becky Lynch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but see, no, I'm I'm getting anxious and folding my hands like Pinky in the fucking brain. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Because there's just. There's no logic behind these attacks of on um, on anybody. This whole retribution thing, this whole raw underground thing, everything about raw, um, you know, especially especially last uh, last night has just been an absolute clusterfuck on so many different levels. Actually, you know what, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into that right now, into our review of Monday Night Raw, Ben. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So, b- before we get into the into the actual show, I want to talk about the the Thunderdome and the absolute clusterfuck. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Before I see again, what the what is wrong with you fans? Uh, in 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 the in the match with Sasha Banks and uh, Oscar. It was pointed out that uh, someone actually, uh, someone on uh, one of the screens in the Thunderdome put up a sign that said "Fire Velveteen Dream." Well, well, th- there was there was that one. Um, we also had a Chris Benoit sighting. I yeah, no, that's uh, that's on uh, you're putting out. Continue on. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that's funny at all. Um, and then we also had a KKK sighting. What is wrong with you people? You know, but you know what? Just because you have a ticket to an event doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want. Well, you can you get to do what whatever you want to a point. Well, I mean, but what the fuck, people? Come on, you know you're you're and 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 to a certain and I I I can't. WWE for this because obviously no nobody would you know put put that on on the show um, on purpose. Actually, um, a statement was released uh, sl- uh, slamming those as as disgusting and uh, repulsive images, and and they were. Um, but but the thing is, um, WWE had to expect. That this was going to happen, um, to to a certain degree, because um, 
you know, because you you can't police these people all the way. Now you can you can you can have people, uh, you know, you can control the feed. You can you can have their emails and deal with it after the fact and stuff like that and ban them. And, I, and I'm sure that these people will be banned. And yeah, but then they, they, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, find, they'll find a way around that. Yeah, I mean, all, all you got to do is, is, is like change your email. This, I mean, that's right? all you got to do. I mean, I, I personally have, you know, like two or three different emails. Uh, I, I don't know why I have that many, but um, I, I just do. But it, it's PNC exclusive. Ben is a businessman. Yeah, but I mean, it's just. <laughs> but it, it's just, it's so easy to get around, and um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But f- for for anybody to do that, that is, that is just so absolutely disgusting. And uh, you you changed my uh, you changed my name on the on the Zoom call again. I am now Benny in the Brain. Very nice. What an, uh, what it's it, it, it's um, your version of Pinky in the Brain. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what. Some some speaking of brain cells, uh, these these fans who uh, are pulling off these these disgusting. Uh, acts um, are 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 clearly lacking some brain cells because that is absolutely disgusting. Uh, the other the and the other the other issue that I'm encountering with the Thunderdome um, is is the fake crowd noise. because uh, it, it's the same track over and over again. Either, either put sound. I'm sorry, you disappeared. Either, um, either allow these Zoom calls to have sound, or at, or at least um, police your 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 sound tracking, and and keep in mind because it's it's so it's so um displeasing to the ear and it's just it's so random i mean you can have you can have the crowd noise at the highest pitch when the when the wrestlers aren't even doing anything it's just uh it's really it's really off putting so that that's something that they definitely have to change and um you know there are there are a lot of kinks to be worked out with uh this WWE Thunderdome thing, uh, you know, in theory, it's a good, it's a good idea. You know, it it it, it looks good. It makes it, it makes the show um, seem important. You have um, you have pyro. You have all these different cool uh, production elements that WWE is known for. But um, you know, to be honest with you. I don't give a singular shit, and this is just me, um, about production elements. What I care about is is storytelling and and logic. And to me, especially on this episode of Monday Night Raw, which we're which we're gonna review the 
Yeah, we'll show in just a minute. Um, the logic gaps on this particular episode were wider than a fucking Grand Canyon. I mean, I was I was looking at <laughs> exclusive. I was looking at this show and my mouth was on the floor, Elio. I could I couldn't believe it. There was not one single redeeming quality of this show. And I I mean that wholeheartedly. This show was absolutely atrocious. And with that being said, hit that ACDC intro and let's get this raw review started. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we are back and now I have the unfortunate duty of bringing you the raw review and I apologize. Um, so raw started off with, uh, let me see, let me scroll down here. Start off with Drew McIntyre. Oh yeah, oh yes. Uh, how could I? How how could I forget? So Drew welcomes us to the first roll in the Thunderdome. He's all excited because we have crap, we have crowd interactions, and everybody gives them the thumbs up. Um. Uh, this, and this is where we had the uh, the first Thunderdome snafu. Is this um, uh, where we said, yeah, this is where we saw the Chris Benoit one? Uh, yes. Oops. Uh, well, we, we, we had to say it in this uh, case because otherwise we don't usually mention that name. Uh, yeah, yeah, but in, in, this in, in this case, ladies and gentlemen, it's absolutely... Um, <clears throat> It's absolutely necessary, um, and and then and then this is this is where Drew made himself look like an idiot, in my opinion, um, because he says that that um, the match that he had with Orton last night at SummerSlam was his biggest challenge to date. Uh, excuse me. Um, uh, I'm having a I'm having a flashback to someone named the Beast Incarnate Brock fucking Lesnar. Um, I know I, I know I'm filling up the swear jar, but this is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so that that was the that was the first eye roll of the evening, uh, of of many to come. Uh, he says that he's proud to be champion. He's not a quitter, blah, blah, blah. The, the, the basic um, babyface promo. And then he goes in on uh, Randy Orton, saying that didn't Randy Orton win a match called uh, the greatest wrestling match ever, but yet he got beat with a wrestling maneuver, which was, which was the backslide. Um, for the for the three. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that was a backslide because I because I must have missed that part because I I saw when he hit the future shark DDT. I thought yeah, that was it. Well, what what happened? What happened was, uh, he Drew went for the um, Drew went for the Claymore kick and and missed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, I saw. I saw that part. Yeah. Okay. That's where. Okay. 
and then Randy went for the punt and missed. And 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 then and then Drew rolled him up for the uh, for the uh, or not rolled him up, but Drew hit the, hit the backslide for the three count. Now uh, going back to my trusty uh, Twitter account because, like I like I said, I took I took extensive notes during the um, journey of the pay per view. Um. I said uh, this was a disappointing ending to a really good match, both in the result and pinning tactic with the backslide. I would have had Orton win given the fantastic heel run, um, and I, I would have, especially with what happened later on in, at, at, later on in the show and at Raw. Um, pardon me, I got all tongue-tied for a minute. Um, but, you know, it just – Great match, but the the ending just uh, didn't didn't make sense, and and it kind of bled into uh, Monday Night Raw because because now um, Randy or Drew is putting over Randy as if as if they're friends, and he's gonna he's gonna give him another opportunity at the belt why and my my question is why um didn't didn't you um didn't you already beat randy so the only reason why you're why you're giving him another belt is because he's the apex predator um yeah some something is missing something's missing there um he said he says that Orton's inner circle is the only reason he made it to the top after all his mistakes. Um, and, and so the the week this was the weakest setup to a rematch that I've ever seen. Right? He goes. Yeah, they explain uh, this Sunday, right? Yeah. 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 The, so so the only the the only the only reason he he offers. Orton a second chance at the belt. Um, well, it's actually I take that back. the 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 rematch between between Orton and Orton and McIntyre is not happening at Payback. But we'll, we'll we'll get into oh, that. Okay. Okay. So so the the only the only reason he offers Orton a second chance is because he didn't get to hit the the Claymore kick. Uh, what? Pardon me. What? Uh, that that makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Ben, we're 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 having a rematch because I didn't get to hit a stunner on you. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, it's, 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 it's dumb as fuck. <laughs> what the hell? That's the that's the weakest reason I've ever heard for giving the winner rematch. Okay, so and, and so this this is where my this is where my head just explodes. Because if you're gonna go with this line of reasoning, um, wouldn't it make sense to have Orton win the the fucking belt uh, at SummerSlam? Uh, and I'm, I'm cursing at this point because I'm legitimately frustrated. Uh, wouldn't it have made sense to give Orton the championship, 
because he pulled a heel move, cheated, got got the um got the cheap backslide victory, and 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 then and then you have you have Orton or you have McIntyre demand a championship rematch at payback because he wants payback against Orton for, for for pulling off some buffoonery and bullshittery. I love that tagline. I got to get it in there. You know what I mean? Uh, but, I mean, wouldn't that play perfectly into the payback theme I mean, I, I mean, I hate the fact we're having a payback pay-per-view a week after SummerSlam, but if you're going to have it, that would have been a perfect way to actually have a reason for a rematch at payback. The way that they bugged it now is all backwards, and and you're just giving him a, a, a rematch for the sake of having a rematch. I mean, Christ, it's ridiculous. Speaking of absolutely ridiculous, and I'll tell you what, this absolutely was just like, ugh. Because they had a, um, so, so after this promo, Drew heads back off the ramp and the way the, the way that the camera is is situated, it is so obvious that Orton is going to attack to attack McIntyre. Well, obviously he does, and we end up in the back in gorilla position, right? And then he proceeds to. And let me let me make sure you can you can see me on the on the Zoom call. Okay, he proceeds, he proceeds to hit um, McIntyre with the first punt kick of the evening. Um, if you slow it down, he didn't hit this motherfucker at all. <laughs> no, he come no like he missed it by that much. King. He didn't even come close to hitting him with the with the punt kick. I didn't even need the replay to see it. I didn't even need all the all the gifts on social media. I saw it immediately that he fucking missed. Like, uh, okay, so then you have that problem, which it was, which is just, oh my god, that that was terrible. Uh, the the punt kick has not had a good few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. For, first of all, uh, if you remember last week, Shawn Michaels didn't sell it where the where the dam to to the point where to the point where Orton had to hit him with a RKO. Okay, so he didn't sell the punt kick, and then and then Randy doesn't hit it at all the first the first time, so that made it look. Absolutely terrible. Oh crap. Um okay, let me just okay, very good. Um <clears throat> so that that was that was my that was my first uh that was my first issue um with the punk kick this evening. 
Um, and then, and then we, um, we, we get, um, we get the Keith Lee debut who, who comes out to, uh, confront, uh, Randy Orton on, on behalf of Drew, Drew McIntyre. And, and he, he goes, he, and this is what killed me. Um, because they changed Keith Lee's music. That oh, was like, oh, I, I read about this. What happened? That was, okay. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, I have to go off on this. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've seen a lot of reaction on both sides on, on social media. Some people don't think it's a, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, I've, I've even heard, I've even heard people say, you know, people that are focusing on that are focusing on the wrong thing. And for me, being an old school fan that I am, I've been a fan of wrestling for 29 years and I'm 32 years old. And this just drives me insane because one of the things that I fell in love with first about professional wrestling was theme music, how it played into building a character. Yep. For me, for me, a prime example of that was, was Keith Lee and his his music and the fact that they made it generic right off the bat that's not a good sign for Keith Lee in the future so I don't really want to hear that theme music doesn't play a big role in in Keith Lee's debut on Monday Night Raw to me that is complete bullshit and to me that's a symptom of a larger problem in WWE because even even Triple H said it at, at Let Me Kill Mr.'s funeral. He, Triple H, put over how important theme music is to, to building a persona and a character and helping the, and, and having the fans connect with a performer. Triple H said that. Obviously, Triple H gets it. You know, he he does the NXT thing. So, and well, who decided to change it then? Well, well, I don't, I don't know who. Um, but um, now, now there's there's a rumor going around on social media that that Keith Lee approved the change. Guess what, people? I don't care if Keith Lee approved the change. It shouldn't have been the case. Hmm. You know, because. Once again, you're, you're you're taking away something that made Keith Lee unique and made it special for a lot of a lot of different fans. the The second issue that I have with Keith Lee's debut, um, what the fuck was he wearing? <laughs> Jim shorts and a tank top. Um, now are you now? I'm kind of known for wearing gym shorts all the time, okay? I, and I have never seen gym shorts that look like a dress. I, I just, a, it, it's just a, it looks horrible. Absolutely horrible. 
And, and, and speaking of looking horrible, um, what was with the tight-fitting um, athletic top on a, on a 340-pound man? Yeah, that's what I meant. That, uh, that top he was wearing, yeah. I don't need to see that, so that was terrible. Um, and at, at, at first, my, my gut reaction to, to this was, um, you know, so I shit on everything involving the music and the outfit, but my first reaction was I actually, I actually like Keith Lee being put with, with Randy Orton, but that's, that's before I saw what would, what would transpire, transpire later in the evening. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you why as as we go along why I think that this this is just terrible. Uh, <clears throat> so now now that now that we've uh, now now that we've gone through the first part of Keith Lee's evening, let's move on to the rest of the evening, and it continues to suck because here comes Nia Jax. And Shayna Baszler. Now, <laughs> this match, oh boy. No, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't just the match. No, the it one was, that's coming up at payback. I don't get this match that they have no, at payback. No, 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 no. I, I don't get it either. And I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, last week, Asuka was teaming with with Shayna Baszler. And now, and now it's Shayna Baszler because Asuka is, you know, is apparently tied up with Sasha Banks and Bailey, even though, even though she shouldn't be anymore because she beat Sasha Banks uh, the previous evening at SummerSlam. So that should be, that should be it there. Um, so, but never mind that logic gap. Even, even even though, like I said, it's wider than, than the fucking Grand Canyon, we're, we're, we're not even capable of remembering something that happened the previous week, Vince. Um, <laughs> but but that, nonetheless, let's move on. So we get... We get... Uh, we got Shayna calling Nia Jax Haystacks Calhoun. What? To to which uh, <laughs> and, then, and then she says, "No wait, at least hashtag at least Haystacks not hashtag." I was gonna say hashtag bullshit when I was watching oh, the segment. You say you you you, you know who Haystacks Calhoun is? Yes, yes. And, no, but have you have you seen the guy? Yeah, he's a big fan. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've never seen. I people look him up. Uh, like yeah. I, I've only seen pictures. I've never seen him like any in action. Well, he was like eight hundred pounds or something. I, you know, then then Shannon says no. At least Haystacks was good looking, which obviously pardon. Obviously, obviously he wasn't. With and then Naya comes back and says. That Shayna looks like an Adam Stanley reject. Um, why is she, why is Shayna Baszler involved in a segment with 
Nia Jax, and none, nonetheless, now now we're gonna get we're gonna get Cena and Nia against you know f- f- going for the Raw Women's Tag Team Titles at uh, at Payback. What the hell is going on? Here? <laughs> I don't get that. Um. Well, I don't get it at all. So that's that's another that's another now look slash. Bullshit and buffoonery. So hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So apparently, uh, Nia Jax is a face now. I well, no, she's a heel. No, they're both heels, but whatever. That's stupid. Okay, so then this leads this leads into match number one: Shayna Baszler versus Bailey. Okay. Which was an abs. There's nothing to say about this match. It was, it was. Three minutes long, and it, it there was it was a no contest because all all of a sudden Nia Jax interferes on behalf of uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, by the by the way, uh, Nia Jax was standing on the ramp the entire time this match was going on. Uh, after they just had that riveting back and forth um, backstage, but then she goes to help. Uh, Shayna. So Sasha Banks and Bailey are making fun of them on the outside, and then the two of them talk talk about Nia Jax and Shayna get pissed, and they 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 scare off uh they scare off Sasha and Bailey. So now it appears that that uh. Shayna and Nia are gonna get um, a women's tag team title match. You know, and you know they're gonna win them uh, at Payback because it only uh, it only f- um, furthers the breakup storyline between Sasha and Bailey. So we're, we're gonna get that at the pay per view. Yes, I can't stand this fucking shit. Speaking speaking of something I can't stand. Match number two, and I, I, I swear to God, I swear to God, I'm going to be so quick with this, Uh-oh. was the 24-7 championship match between R-Truth, Akira Tozawa, Shelton Benjamin, and Cedric Alexander. It's enough already. Oh, my God. Kill me now. Just kill me. Just murder me. Just be a pal. Uh, mail, me some, mail me some cyanide. I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> well, I'll I'll put it in the note that I requested, and I'll in in my in my farewell note, I will I will say Elio Canella should not be charged with this because I I you know I asked him to do it and it's fine. But, but this is just bullshit, and I don't like I don't care about the twenty four seven title. Um, you know, Akira Tozawa is one hell of a wrestler. Shelton Benjamin is one hell of a wrestler. Uh, Cedric Alexander. I mean, these three are are some of the best, some of the best pure wrestlers you have on the roster, and and this is what they're this is what they're reduced to. This twenty four. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, this twenty four seven title just needs to, needs to die. It, uh, moving on. Uh, we get another. Um, we get another 
Orton uh, appearance, and this is this is where Keith Lee made his debut. We've already discussed that. Um, match three, something else I don't care about because we just saw this last night. We get another singles match between Angel Garza and Montez Ford, and my head exploded ah. because, because why is this still a thing? And it's just. Oh God, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't and I don't care. Okay, and then match number four, Selena Vega versus versus Selena Vega and your personal favorites, the Iconics versus Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan and Bianca Belair. Um, why are they having a nice calm little match? Uh, when uh, when um, Selena Vega was damn. Damn near proven to be the one that, that poisoned uh, Montez Ford. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't um, wouldn't logic dictate that Bianca Belair would want to kill, absolutely destroy? Why are they? Why are they having? Why have they had these these um, back and forth in previous weeks, and now they're having a, a match? I mean, you know, wouldn't it just be? Okay, I'm gonna come out here and kick your ass. We don't need to have a match. Like, you know, it's just Monday Night Raw is where logic goes to die. I don't care. It, the match sucked. It was three minutes and twenty-seven seconds. I don't care. Speaking of not giving a fuck, uh, Ricochet and Cedric have a nice little arm wrestling challenge in the back. I hate these. Wait, in the back? <laughs> what back? Hold on, in the back wasn't in the ring. No, the one, the one, the one in the ring was 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 Bobby Lashley versus Apollo Cruz. Wait, I'm sorry, say it again. Which one are you on? You said no. The the one the the one the arm wrestling challenge that happened in the ring. Yeah, was Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley. This was this was a teaser in the back. Where oh, Ricochet and Cedric are having their own little, oh, okay. you know, oh, friendly okay. competition, and then MVP why? comes in. Why, why, comes they, in do, why do they do this? I, I don't know. The whole the whole segment sucks. And see, see when, when they can't think of nothing else to do, they have to resort to armor saying segments. Jeez. This, this is the best you got for Ricochet, for Ricochet know, right? and Cedric Alexander. Uh, excuse me, WWE creative. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Mo- moving on. <laughs> moving on, we have... Uh, now we have the arm wrestling competition. I don't care. Once again, let me reiterate. WWE creative. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, learn how to book Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Mustafa Ali, and all these other people that you don't know how to do shit with that just boggles my mind, but don't put them in, in fucking arm wrestling competitions. If this is the best you have for them, then just release them and let them go. Like, what the fuck? Uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ, my head is spinning and I'm getting in. I'm literally, okay? I'm, okay? literally, I'm, I'm literally so frustrated. I'm sweating while I'm doing this podcast. You, you need me to get an aspirin? <laughs> I, I need something. Holy shit. 
And then after this, and ladies and gentlemen, we're only doing this whole show because this is this is kind of like a pay-per-view reaction show. So usually we wouldn't go this long. Um, but then you know, but then we we get back and you know, and Ray and Angie are all proud of Dominic for having a good match at SummerSlam, uh, and that that that's fine because he did. You know, Dom had a Dom had a great match and and um. Ray's all excited because he gets to f- fulfill a dream and, and tag with his son uh, later tonight, which which should have been a really cool moment, but it turned into a clusterfuck. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, <clears throat> uh, so uh, after this, the the I I literally took a bath I literally took a bathroom break in the middle of this situation. I did it on purpose. We come back from the break, and Natalia and Lana are in the ring, saying that they're gonna honor uh, Mickey James, calling her the chick with a kick. Oh Oh my God! You know, and and they have, and apparently they have this whole. You know, nice little video package wrapped up for her. Well, there is no video package because Natalia and Lana say there's nothing to her career. Um, and right here, um, right here, I would like to um, I would like to pause the, uh, in 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 the show for just a moment. And um, if I and if in post editing, and if in post editing. Elio, you could you could add some um, some nice background music just so I can have a nice little speaking platform for two seconds. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to say fuck you to Bruce Prichard for for this for for this segment in particular because are you pausing? No. Oh. No. I was just saying I'm gonna pause in the review to take a special, oh, yeah, yeah. okay uh, yeah to, to take a special uh, second to say fuck you to Bruce Pressure because um because this, this is this is clearly revenge for um for uh, Mickey's husband Nick Aldis going after Bruce Pressure last month this this whole segment had revenge written all over it and if this is the best you have for mickey james and if you are that petty and clueless uh bruce pritchard as to do this to mickey james because you have a problem with her husband uh fuck you you know what the fuck are these people doing this 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 lady is an icon in professional wrestling He's accomplished more than Bruce Prichard will ever accomplish in professional wrestling. Fuck you. I, I'm sorry, but the, you know, that, that really pissed me off. And then we have the coup de gras, ladies and gentlemen, of the evening. And this is this is this is uh, what should have been the main of uh, the main event of the show, but it wasn't. We have Keith Lee versus Randy Orton because 
For what reason? I don't know. So, so Drew McIntyre gets involved and, and, and cost, um, and cost Keith Lee his first match in, in WWE because it, it, it isn't a match because it's a no contest. And now we're having Keith Lee versus Randy Orton at payback so he can get revenge for McIntyre, who apparently has suffered brain damage after taking three uh, punt kicks on Monday Night Raw, even even though one of them didn't even hit him. Yes, there was this whole excellent... If you're confused, Elio, I don't blame you because so was I. Um, there was this whole explanation uh, from uh, Charlie Caruso backstage in front of the in front of the trainers' room that um, she overheard that that um, McIntyre had suffered a brain a brain bleed as a result of. Come on. As a result of the, the punk kicks, but yet, yet he's, yet he's supposed to. Uh, I can guarantee you, he's gonna come back, talk about it true, and interfere in this match with with Keith Lee and Randy Orton at Payback to get revenge on Drew on Randy Orton, which is gonna lead to their rematch. Why are you doing this to Keith Lee? Why did he need to be in this situation? Why do you make him look like shit on his debut? Why, this was, why, why? This was one of so it's like, remember how I said earlier in the show that I actually tweeted out when, when, when Keith Lee came out that I was excited to have him paired with Wharton? Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I, I immediately, I had to rescind that argument, uh, after I'm seeing this because this is much too much bullshit for me to take. I, I can't, if this, and I, I feel like a broken record because I say this every single time there's a call up fr- from, from NXT to the main roster. I, I've always said that if they fuck this guy up, the system is broken. But I have never meant it more than I mean it with Keith Lee. This guy, to me, it, you can't fuck this guy up. And yet they're fucking this guy up already. They put him behind the eight ball in a situation where he, where neither Randy Orton or Keith Lee can afford to lose, because let's let's break this down, Elio. Now, now this is Keith Lee's first match in WWE because <laughs> the one earlier tonight got thrown out as a no contest, so it doesn't count. So this is Keith Lee's first. First match on the main roster in WWE, right? Sure. So wouldn't uh, wouldn't logic dictate wouldn't logic dictate that that Keith Lee shouldn't lose his first match? Yep. But then 
on the other side of things, you had Randy Orton lose at SummerSlam in the middle of the biggest, arguably the biggest run of his career. Um, so it wouldn't make sense for a person challenging for the WWE Championship to lose two pay-per-views in a row. So automatically you have fucked up uh, this this storyline. So this this storyline doesn't need to exist at all. And all you had to do, if you wanted to go with the payback scene, was have Orton defeat McIntyre at SummerSlam to have a legitimate reason back a week later. What the fuck? I mean, am I missing something? You know, and and then and then that's not even all of Monday Night Raw. Oh no, because we had. We had a Raw Women's Championship rematch, Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Why? Why? <laughs> Do, have you any idea why we're having this match? No idea. <laughs> Elio, we just saw this match. I know, that's why I said I don't know why we're having a rematch. The match was awesome. Why are you doing it again? It, it takes away from the specialness. Oh. Uh, I can't take it. And then... This is why I drink. <laughs> well, well I, I, know, I don't drink alcohol, but I can guarantee, I can guarantee you I have to drink a Mountain Dew to make sense of this. Motherfucking shit. <laughs> And um, I'm I'm seeing something on on the Zoom. Uh, I see you labeled me as something else, but I, I can't read the entirety of it. But, oh yeah, Ben's favorite line: buffoonery and bullshittery. <laughs> yes, we're uh, we're really having fun with uh, behind the controls uh, this <laughs> this evening, and uh, unfortunately. <coughs> Unfortunately, with the technology we use, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see us as we're doing this show um, because uh, we are an audio-only platform at this point in time. Um, so that's why I'm uh, that's why I'm painting a picture for you. Um, so so after this match, that makes no sense because you had Sasha Banks lose again when you know that she's going to lose again at uh, Payback to further her breakup storyline with Bailey. This whole thing is just a clusterfuck on ice. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm, not under, I'm not understanding this at all. And then after, after this match, uh, this is where we get the, the explanation that I was talking about from... Uh, from uh, Charlie Caruso about the uh, about the brain bleed and whatever the hell, and then so so he's getting he's so Drew McIntyre is getting interviewed. Um, this is this is this is before we get the explanation. So 
Um, Drew McIntyre is being interviewed by Charlie Caruso only to, only to get punt kicked for the third time in the evening, which leads to, to Charlie outside of the trainer store saying that he, he, that he has a brain bleed and a potentially career-ending career injury. But I can guarantee you, like I said earlier, he's going to come back at payback. And and screw uh, Randy Orton out of out of the championship, set, setting up their own rematch. What in the hell? I mean, I mean, my my head is gonna explode. You know, Elio, it, it's it, it's a wonder we haven't had to restart this podcast just like we did um, a, few, a few weeks ago when I kept messing up the. Uh, or what I think it might have been last week when I kept yeah. asking out the explanation of the of the women's matches at SummerSlam. I mean, this this situation has me more confused than that than that situation. Oh my god. Um, and then and then of course we get and then of course we get the um the the main event um. Between uh, Dominic Mysterio and Ray and Seth Rollins and Murphy, but it doesn't it doesn't turn out to be anything because because right right as um right as uh, Dom is about to hit the uh, the five star frog uh, the five star frog splash as a tribute to Eddie and he's on the top rope the lights flicker he he looks. He looks up toward the ramp. The lights go out. They come back on. And here's Retribution kicking the shit out of Ray and Dom. Uh, I hate this Retribution storyline. I hate it. What's, what's the point? I mean, this, this I didn't is, want to see where it goes. I don't know. I kind of want to see where it goes. Oh, oh. Mm, even, mm. Even, though I, even though I know it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Oh, and and how how dare I forget? I can't believe I forgot. Uh, we had another Raw Underground segment that went thirty seconds. Oh, did they have it? Because uh, I think uh, I was reading how they uh, filmed it in the afternoon, but they in, they they never aired any of it or something. They had one segment. Okay. <laughs> now, oh my God. Oh no. I I I, I you know, and I was doing some promotion. Um, for the podcast before we came on the air, and I, I put um, I, I put a bunch of the episodes that were just uploaded on onto the Facebook page and stuff like that. And um, <clears throat> I'm explaining what they're about, and you know, explaining my hatred for the the, the raw underground thing. Um, it's just so fucking pointless. The raw underground thing needs to die. The retribution thing needs to die. Uh, Vince needs to stop ripping up scripts a half hour before we go on the fucking air. Stop rewriting everything over and over. You know what? Jesus. This guy is just making more work for himself every time he has to, he has people rewrite things. 
Well, it, apparently, apparently he apparently he got drunk on his uh, and I'm being facetious, but while uh, last uh, night was his 75th birthday, and he showed up to the uh, to the arena according to uh, multiple reports at 7:20, <coughs> and uh, ripped up the uh, script. Now. See, I, see I, so I, you know what? Hold on before you go on. Yeah. So last night could have been a much different show than what we got then. Well, it, it, it probably was because nobody in their right fucking mind would have looked at this show and said, yep, this is good stuff. I'm going to sign off on this one. This will... This will really get the people in the Thunderdome rolling. That's what we know. I've never, I've never seen a company being run the way this guy runs it. I mean, like other companies, they do their shows, they have everything set up, and they air their shows like like it is. Like they don't uh, go into rewrite, 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 rewrite. You know, and and even even my parents have caught up on my increasing level of disdain toward WWE and how they've run their shows in the midst of this pandemic. And I've explained to them that what's, what's happening with, with Vince. And, and both of my parents are like, well, how could he run a business like that? Don't, you know, doesn't he have you know, Triple H and Stephanie running interference and, 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 and helping him see that that's not the way you do business? And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, he has the final say on everything. I mean, you know, he's just not giving up control. Well, guess what? This is what happens when you don't give up control. I mean, I'm not going after Vince as a human being, but creatively, it's just what the fuck is he doing? You know, and and I'm sorry if this show came off as a bit of a ramble, but I, I mean, I couldn't. I, I mean, literally, Elio, before this show went on the air, I did all I did all my preparation for this show. I did I did the research. I you know I pulled up stories. I you know I did what I usually do, and I was very prepared to have a have a nice reasonable conversation. But it, you know it, it just gets to the point where it's like this shit is beyond reasoning, and then and then you have you have idiots who. Who say you know? Well, if you don't like it, don't watch. Um, you know, and and my argument there is it's because I care so much about about the professional wrestling business that I complain because I don't want to see it destroyed like it is. Mm-hmm. So if if I don't have if I don't have the right to complain, and you're gonna dismiss me simply because I don't like something for damn good reason on on WWE television and you're going to tell me I'm complaining and I need to get over it, um, I'm not the one with the problem. You know, I, I don't I don't get it. But as far as I can tell, that that's all we had for you on um, today on today's episode of the PNT Progression Wrestling Podcast. Elliot, I've certainly talked enough. Do you got anything to say to the fans? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do an on-the-fly same history because I found a paper for you that, Ben, I'm sure you're going to like this one. 
What were you doing on what were you doing on August twenty fifth, two thousand and two? Um. Well, I I honestly don't know because I was I was fourteen years old, so I, that was a long time ago, bro. Okay, well, I can tell you um, it was uh it was only uh, two months since we moved into my house here, so we were still getting done, everything unpacked and um learning the neighborhood. So, but. On this night in 2002, we had WWE SummerSlam 2002. I, I know your every move, I've heard your every word, I know you Got nothing left to prove Your threats I find absurd I am your hell Every time you think that I'm done I'll come back So we, we begin the show with Kurt Angle defeating Rey Mysterio in 9-20. And, you know, and this was one of my, um, you know, I, I had always, I had always watched um, Rey Mysterio in WCW, but obviously this was, um, this was Rey's uh, first pay-per-view match in uh, WWE. And um, <clears throat> just an absolute classic. I mean, from from the jump when uh, you know when Kurt's waiting for him to come out, and um, you know, he, and he's being all demonstrative, like where is he? And he's not coming out. Um, and then and then you, you see the you see him hit the um, springboard Hurricane you know, coming coming over the top from behind, from behind Kurt. I mean, this whole this whole thing is a classic. Um, I loved it. I, I mean, I can't do it justice in terms of uh, describing it, but it was one of it was one of those matches where I'm um, where I'm sitting there and I'm like, holy lord. We got something here, so and then absolute a, classic. And in the second match, we have Ric Flair defeating Chris Jericho in ten thirty. Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, there's really nothing much to say there. Yeah, well, I I I disagree with that decision. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know. Why why is Ric Flair beating Chris Jericho on a on a pay per view? Come on. Yeah, that's 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 questionable. And then we had Edge defeating Eddie Guerrero in eleven fifty four. You know, you, you you can't go wrong with um, with any Eddie Guerrero match, quite frankly. 
Um, but you know, I mean, the same could be said for for Edge. So, um, you know, two two like I said, two of all my all time favorites, especially Eddie. Um, so any any match that he's in, you you got my attention for sure. And then for the world for WWE World Tag Team Championships. The Alliance, Lance Storm and Christian defeating Booker T and Goldust in 937 to hold on to the championships. Back when, back when they actually gave tag team wrestling a decent amount of time. Right. And actually actually put some time into their tag team division. Does, doesn't it make you miss classic tag team wrestling in WWE? Yes. Oh my God! Now no. we gonna follow that up with another championship match. Rob Van Dam holding on to the Intercontinental Championship, defeating the the Lord Voldemort of this podcast in sixteen thirty. Sorry, he uh, he won the Intercontinental Championship uh, by defeating. Yeah, um, you know, but um. The th- the thing about Rob Van Dam is, um, you know, he could he could just do things in the ring that, that I had I had never seen to to that degree in terms of in terms of just devil may care um, what happens to my body, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, unless you're talking about Sabu, but but um, but. In terms of athletically, Sabu had nothing on uh, on Rob Van Dam, in my opinion. Um, and uh, you know, for him to be able to move uh, the way he's moved for, for as, as long as he has, um, it, it's uh, it's really something. And I and I always thought that Rob Van Dam could have. Uh, could have been even more successful than he was, um, but his he kind of got derailed in WWE um, when he was at the zenith of, of his career, all because of all because of a little bit of pot. So, um, you know that's that's questionable decision making on his part um, because it's just. You know, I'll, I'll I'll pull a Stephen A. Smith. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but um, you know, I I, I know Rob Van Dam likes to smoke weed. I don't have I don't have an issue with people that like to smoke weed. But when you're making millions of dollars and you're at the top of your profession, in in Rob Van Dam's case, you made it to uh, you know, the WWE Championship and the ECW Championship, holding them si- simultaneously and you lose them because you can't stay off the weed. And it really doesn't compute. So, um, you know, unfortunately, um, in Van Damme's case, um, it really bit him in the ass. But in terms of getting back to this match in particular, you know, I think I think anytime you have these two competitors and you have the, that contrasting style and they're still able to put on a classic such as that one. Um, because you know when you have when you have when you have 
two wrestlers that are that stylistically different, it doesn't always it doesn't always compute into a compelling matchup. But um, this one definitely did, and um, you know, if if it wasn't for my overall distaste of of watching matches involving he who must not be named at this point in time, um, I would definitely go back and take a look at it. So it's it's sad that um, that matches like this get lost in the shuffle because of because of what happened. So it, it's just unfortunate. And we had an. What I would sound seems like an odd match to me. The Undertaker defeating Test in eight eighteen. Well, um, you know this was this was right when um, <clears throat> Undertaker was uh, was right in between you know the American Badass and the and the Big Evil um, yep. um, personas. And he, he actually, um, in the lead up to uh, to this match, I actually um, watched this promo again uh, just the other night. Um, Undertaker cut one of one of the best uh, promos that I've ever heard him cut, and that was um, about him being proud to be an American because he said that only in America can a man like me be me. You know, I. I might not be the poster boy for the all-American boy, but I'm I I might just be because only in America can a man like me be me. He said, if I if I want to be a tattooed fire-breathing dragon, you know that's that's okay with you, and all I gotta do is be able to back it up with these soup bones and. Um, <clears throat> Because you can, you can tell I know the promo because I've watched it so many goddamn times. Um, but you know, but in terms of emotion from from the Undertaker, that that promo really sticks out for me because you know when he was doing the the uh, Dead Man gimmick, there was only so much he could do in terms of um, showing emotion in promos because he had to be evil all the time. Um, but um, but yeah, this this one this one was really reflective of uh, of a different side of him, and I, I found that very interesting. And I I remember um, being like legitim like legitimately pissed off when um, when Tess came out on the bike with the um, with the American flag upside down. Um, and even even I didn't like that because I'm I'm extremely patriotic, so um, so that kind of pissed me off. But but luckily, yes, luckily that's not very neatly of you, Test. You should know better than being a Canadian. Yes, exactly. So uh, I was ha- I was happy to see that Test got easily dispatched by. Uh, I don't know. I never really liked the the Test like this version of him towards the end of his career. No, I um, you know, I I I, Tess was always, you know, he, he, one of those guys that had potential, um, but never really quite um, hit it because he had the the, the weird gimmicks. Um, yeah. You know, he was with um, 
he was with Albert, like the TN, the TNA kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The he had the the un-American gimmick. He had you know before that he was with uh, Stephanie and the marriage thing, and of course he got destroyed. Um, and then uh, then he was like way after that he did the thing with Stacy, um, and. Uh, in any time where violence against women is even implied, I, I don't really like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I, and I, and, 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 and all fairness, I didn't like it in ECW when they did that stuff with women. I, I, I still don't like seeing um, what was done with Mae Young, even though I know Mae Young is a badass and she asked for it and she damn near kicked uh, Boba Ray's ass. Um, but um, you know, I just I don't like that. Um, so, um, but once again, once again, Tess just got saddled with some bad gimmicks, and yep. unfor- unfortunately, he died really, uh, really young, and and it's it's so sad because I nobody nobody deserves that, and uh, it was it was just really tragic, and uh, I guess we'll never know what Tess could have been. Okay, and then uh, in the non-sanctioned Anything Goes match, the returning Shawn Michaels defeating Triple H, they gave this match 27 minutes. And by the way, yeah. Shawn, Shawn Michaels had these atrocious brown pants on. What the hell? No, I, I remember that. Um, <laughs> that was disturbing. Yeah, and then he, um, he had the re- religious gray uh, tank top on. Um <laughs> What a clash to get there. The man doesn't know how to dress. Well, I, yeah, well, I think uh, somebody should have pointed it out in the back. Like, oh my God. Um, right? But that was, yeah. Um, but that was, uh, that was obviously um, a very story driven match. Um, you know, I guess we have that level of trust with your opponent. You can kind of, uh, go nuts, and um, and him and Triple H de- definitely took it to a level that uh, that I've seldom seen before. And in the main event, Brock Lesnar defeats The Rock to become the new WWE Undisputed Champion. You know, and, and um, you know that's obviously a classic match. I'm not even going to attempt to describe it, but it was. This is this was back when SummerSlam was special and it meant something, and um, you know, this is pay-per-views like this make me really begrudge what WWE is now because it's like they they don't make anything special, you know. It's like that was because when when Brock beat Rock, it was. It was like one of those like holy shit iconic moments, and I you don't get those anymore. Um, and that that's why and that's why um, this pay per view kind of holds a special place in my heart because like there are several moments where it's like you can point out like holy shit like how awesome that was. And um, today's today's product is just missing that element. Okay, and uh, so that is our review of SummerSlam 2002 from August 25th, 
2002. Ben, what does he bring the show to a close? Absolutely, and I think uh, I think that this might be our longest show to date, man. I'm sorry about that, but uh, <clears throat> but hopefully you won't have too much editing to do because I don't think we stop very much. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm the Italian psychopath for my co-host Ben, the leader of retribution. Fuck you, Bruce Pritchard. So we will talk to you all next week. Exactly. Ben, ben, say goodbye to the fans. See ya, and thanks for listening to my rant. I hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm.